Praise the Lord. Wonderful to worship God together. One of the things I was just thinking of this morning, um, just before I get into my message, is that the Bible says in Psalm 34, in verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And um, what we've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I was even thinking now, just worshiping the Lord, God wants us to taste and see that He is good. He wants us to actually live and experience everything that we are learning about, everything that we read in the Word. I think we have a culture today where it's all about information. And you can, you can sit here and you can kind of hear the message today and the past few messages, and you can kind of receive it as just, oh, this is information regarding a certain topic. We're hearing about miracles, we're hearing about prophecy, we're hearing about faith and all these other things that are a gift of the Holy Spirit. But God wants each and every one of us to taste, not just to see. It's not about us just looking from a distance and going, oh, that's wonderful, the Holy Spirit does this and this. The Lord actually wants us to experience firsthand the working of the Holy Spirit through us. So I really want to encourage you, uh, to engage with the Lord this morning. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This morning we're going to look at the, the final uh, two gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that is the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. And I'm going to cover off both of them in, in this message because they're actually linked together. And they might be last in the list of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they're certainly not least. Um, the gift of tongues is the only, uh, sorry, the gift of interpretation of tongues is the only one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that cannot be manifest on its own. Obviously, it's interpretation of tongues, and so it's got to be linked, first of all, with tongue, with a tongue coming, and then there's a need for interpretation. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says this it says, Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And so the word tongue in this text simply means language. That's what it means. We're talking about the gift of languages and the gift of interpreting languages. But you'll see that from this context, it is the gift of unknown languages, not, not a known language. Although the word unknown isn't in the original text, it's pretty clear from the context and pretty clear from the examples in Scripture that it's an unknown tongue. If it wasn't an unknown tongue, there would be no need to interpret uh, what was being said. So, in other words, if I learned uh, Spanish and I said something uh, in Spanish like uh, Dios es bueno, uh, that, that just simply means God is good. And it's not... That's not a tongue in the sense of a biblical tongue. It is another language, but I know what I'm saying. So it's not the gift of the Holy Spirit. But if I speak in tongues, if, if for example, I say Shanda Rebandura or something like that, that's a language that God has given me, and that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I can speak in tongues at any time I want to. It's not, a, not something that I have to feel the Holy Spirit kind of moving upon me or taking control of me. It's a gift that I've received that I can speak in an unknown tongue anytime I want to. Now, out of all the gifts 
of the Holy Spirit, out of all these nine gifts, this is the gift that many, many Christians stumble over. Some Christians are happy to heal the sick, they're happy to prophesy, they're happy to bring a word of knowledge, but when it comes to speaking in tongues, they go, hey, hang on a minute, that's not for me, that's crazy stuff, I'm not into that at all. I'm happy to do all the other nine gifts, or the other seven gifts, let's say, but I'm not happy with tongues or interpretation of tongues. And if that's you this morning, I, I really want to invite you to listen carefully to what I'm saying, look at the scriptures, ask God to speak to you regarding this, because I said it in a previous message, that the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit are good gifts. Every single one of these gifts is a good gift. There's nothing bad, there's nothing weird about any of them. They are all good gifts and they're all something that we should receive and something we should be open to, to being used in. And so I just want to echo that scripture that I said earlier, Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is something that we need to taste. It's something that we need to walk in. It's not something we need to look at a distance and say, okay, this I'm going to treat this as information only, but I don't want this to happen to me. Please, if you're listening to this, be open to the Lord touching you. Be open to this gift. And have a look in Scripture. See if what I'm saying is in Scripture. If it's in the Word of God, then embrace it. Say, God, I want this because this is a good gift that I, I can actually be used in and enjoy for myself. It's a very needed gift in the church today as well. I've heard of some people reacting very badly to, to this gift, and I've seen it myself actually firsthand. I've seen people reacting in a, in a frightening way to the gift of tongues. Some Christians believe that this gift is actually demonic. Can you believe that? And that if you speak in tongues in some churches, you're actually removed from the meeting and they forbid you from speaking in tongues. I remember hearing of a pastor's wife who was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was baptized with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in an unknown tongue. And the pastor was so uh, kind of freaked out by it that he got a bucket of water and threw it over her to try and get her to stop. That's the reaction of some Christians, and in fact, that's the reaction of some pastors, and yet in Scripture, it's so clearly a gift of the Holy Spirit, it's all over Scripture, and yet some people react uh, in that way towards tongues. But I want to show you that um, this gift is extremely beneficial, uh, not only to the church as a group, but also to individual believers, and also, would you believe it or not, to unbelievers. And I'm going to show you why in a minute. So let's talk about our tongue to begin with. Now I want to start there, just talking about our tongue. The Bible says that our tongue is the one member of our body that we cannot control fully. We cannot tame the tongue. The tongue is the reason for a multitude of problems in our lives. James chapter 3 and verse 6 to 8 says this, it says, among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, 
for it is set on fire by hell itself. That's some very strong words about our tongue. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. And if you think you're in full control of your, of your tongue and what you say, you're actually in disagreement with the scriptures. The Bible says, God says, you cannot fully control your tongue. None of us, no matter who we are, can fully control our tongue. So it's the one member of our body that can cause us the most trouble. And the reason we're actually given a tongue is so that we can praise God with it. The next verse, verse 9, in James chapter 3, tells us that this doesn't always happen. It says, sometimes it praises our, God, our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so we come to this conclusion that the tongue is a source of, of major problems in our lives. God gave it for a glorious purpose, but because of the effects of sin, um, our tongues have become unruly and untamable. Romans 6 verse 13 says this. It says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for though you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So in other words, we're to take each part of our body, every member of our body, and present it in a way and use it in a way to bring God glory. And the part that we most need to bring before the Lord and use it for in that way is our tongue. It is the one area of our body that we struggle the most to glorify God with. The first instance of speaking in an unknown tongue is actually found in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers in the upper room, and they all uh, spoke in an unknown language. It said that the Holy Spirit came down, there was a mighty rushing wind, there was fire that separated into flames, and it says they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability to do so. And there was a crowd of Jews from all different nations that was in Jerusalem at the time for the festival. And they'd come from all over and they all spoke different languages. And uh, they heard this noise and they heard all these Galilean Jews speaking and praising God in a whole variety of languages. And uh, they understood what was being said. So these unbelievers understood what the Galilean Jews were saying. Even though those 120 disciples in that upper room had no idea what they were saying, the unbelievers understood what they were saying. And it says the crowd marveled, saying, how can this be? These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. So that's Acts chapter 2, verse 9. So in this instance... And actually, in every other instance in the Bible, the gift of tongues is when a believer speaks in a language that is unknown to them. The person speaking in tongues doesn't know what they are saying. That's very important. We need to establish that. When you look throughout Scripture, you're going to see every time someone speaks in tongues, it's never known to the person who's speaking in tongues. 
Other people might understand it, but, but the person speaking the language doesn't. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, in verse 10 and verse 28, Paul talks about the Holy Spirit giving believers the ability to speak in various kinds of tongues or different kinds of tongues. And I believe this is not just meaning different languages, uh, but I believe it, it's meaning there's different purposes or different uses for tongues. And I want to talk about three that I can see from Scripture, three different purposes for the gift of tongues. The first one is for personal use. Tongues as a gift can be used by a believer for direct personal communication or communion with God. It's for the believer only, okay? This is the first use of the gift of tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2 says this, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but, all, but, but it will all be mysterious. Let me read that verse again in the ESV. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. So when someone speaks in an unknown tongue, they aren't speaking to men. This is, this is the personal use of tongues. When I speak in tongues, I am, I'm not speaking to other people. I am communicating directly with God in the Spirit. I speak from the Spirit, or they speak from the Spirit whenever people speak in tongues. We don't speak from our own understanding. In verse 4, it says, The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. So when we speak in a tongue, we're speaking from our spirits. We're speaking mysteries that we don't understand. But while we're doing that, we're building up ourselves spiritually. Have a look at verse 14 and 15 again. And I'll read it to you from the ESV. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Because when you bring a prophecy, everybody's hearing it and the whole church is brought up. But when I speak in tongues for personal use, I'm building up myself spiritually. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. This is, this is the part where people struggle with. They struggle because they don't, they don't understand what they're saying. Your spirit is praying, not your mind, not your soul. So what am I to do, Paul says? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing praise with my spirit. I will sing praise with my mind also. So he says, I can either pray in tongues with my spirit, or I can pray with my understanding in the language that I that I speak, or I can sing in tongues, or I can pray. I can sing in a language that I that I uh, understand. Paul is showing here that you can you can speak in tongues, or you can speak in let's say English or whatever your language is, and it's up to you. Notice how many times he uses the word I. In, in these uh, little verses here, he says, I will do this or I will do that. The choice is his as to whether he speaks in tongues 
or whether he prays in whatever language was his native language that he understood. He said, I can choose. I can either sing in the Spirit or I can sing with my understanding. I can pray in the Spirit or I can pray with my understanding. It's up to him as to what he wants to do. It's not he got taken over by the Holy Spirit, he had no control over what he was doing, and suddenly he just burst out in tongues. That's not how the gift of tongues works. I can pray in tongues right now if I want, or I can pray in English. It's up to me. I've received this gift, and I can actually speak in tongues whenever I want to build myself up I can speak in tongues I don't have to wait until I feel something from God or not 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 31 to 32 says this for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets so once again, when we prophesy, we are still in control of what we say. So it's not like God come, comes over us and suddenly takes control of our mouths and we speak this word of prophecy. No, that's not how prophecy works. Prophecy is when the Spirit moves you, but you've actually got to speak it out and you are always in control over what you're saying. So it takes a step of faith. It takes a, it's not, there's not just kind of like a bypassing of faith where the Holy Spirit just moves through you no matter what. We are still in control of what we are saying when we're prophesying and when we're speaking in tongues. The difference is when you're prophesying, you're speaking in a language you know. When you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking in a language you don't know. But you can still start or stop speaking in tongues whenever you want to. Okay? So someone that gets up and shares a word that's, that is, say, out of line, whether it's a word of prophecy or a tongue that was interpreted, and then says, well, I couldn't help myself. The Holy Spirit just took control of me. That's what comes out. They're actually not speaking in consistency with Scripture. They're out of line with the Word of God because the Word of God says, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So no one, no one can get, get up and just say, oh, well, it wasn't me speaking. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through me. No, no, it doesn't work like that. If you bring a prophetic word that's out of line, it's your responsibility. You spoke, you allowed it, and so you've got to actually take responsibility for that. It's the same thing with tongues. And I, I just want to say this, that I've enjoyed speaking in tongues for the last, I don't know, 26 years or something like that, ever since I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit, I have spoken in tongues regularly, probably almost on a daily basis, sometimes more than once in the day, because it's a gift for personal use, for building up myself spiritually. And so I, I often, I mean, before this meeting, when I got up this morning and spent time with God, I spent time just speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, singing in tongues, because it builds up your spirit. I eat food every day to build up my body. I exercise my mind by reading and thinking and having conversation and, and, and praying in the language that I know. Um, I'm growing uh, in my soul, in my understanding. But spiritually, 
How do I build up my spirit? I speak in tongues. And so we are body, soul, and spirit. And oftentimes we are focusing on feeding our body, feeding our soul, feeding our mind, but we totally neglect nourishing or building up our spirits because we just don't spend any time thinking of how we actually do that. And tongues is a way that we can build up our spirits. So I want to encourage you. If you've received this gift of tongues, speak in tongues often. Speak in tongues every day. Build yourself up spiritually when you do that. One of the, one of the reasons why tongues builds up our spirit is because it bypasses your understanding. It bypasses the bottleneck that's in your mind. And it allows your spirit to pray and connect with God so that in a way that it doesn't have to go through your mind. Because if you think about it, your mind is where the battlefield is. The battle against the enemy, against lies, against wrong thinking and all the problems that we face spiritually are often taking place in our minds. And the mind is a battlefield. And what tongues enables us to do is to bypass that battlefield and connect with God spirit to spirit so that we don't have to go through all the, all the issues that we're facing in our mind, all the doubts, all the, oh, I don't, don't know whether I agree with this scripture or that scripture, or I don't understand this properly. That's your mind. That's the battlefield of your mind. And when you pray in tongues, you don't pray with your understanding. It's your spirit praying and connecting directly to God. And what a blessing, what a gift that is, man. I, I really want to encourage you and just to say, tongues is one of the most wonderful gifts that you can ever receive. It has been such a blessing to me over the many years that I've been a Christian. It builds up our spirit. And like Paul, I can echo the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 18, where he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I, I probably don't speak in tongues more than some of you, but I thank God that I do speak in tongues. And I thank God that I can speak in tongues as often as I want because it builds me up spiritually. See, Paul seems to think here that speaking in tongues is actually a good thing. And yet most, well, I wouldn't say most of the church, but many of the church around the world don't think that tongues is a good thing. But here the Apostle Paul is saying, thank the Lord he speaks in tongues. And I would agree with that. I say, thank you, Lord, for giving me the gift of tongues. I think that tongues is something that every believer should desire and ask God for. I really do. I don't think anybody should be sitting there thinking, well, Tongues is for some believers and tongues is not for other believers. If it's for personal use, if it's for building up believers, why would God hold it back on some believers? Why would he give it to some and not to others? So I believe every single believer can come to the Lord and say, Jesus, I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I would love to receive the gift of tongues so I can build myself up spiritually. So that's tongues for personal use. Then there's tongues for the wider church, for the benefit of the church. So the second use is that when a, when a tongue is brought in the context of a meeting, so a tongue is brought 
uh, in a, on a Sunday meeting or in a connect group, in a prayer meeting. Whenever there's a, a group of Christians meeting together to worship the Lord and somebody brings a tongue, now we enter the second use of the gift of tongues. It doesn't matter whether it's a large group or a small group. But in this case, it's not to build up the individual believer. It's for the common good. It's because God is wanting to speak something into the group. When this happens, the gift of tongues must be accompanied by the gift of interpretation of tongues. has to be. There is never an instance where God wants somebody to bring a tongue in a group context and it not to be interpreted. If that's the case, it has absolutely no value to the church. The value comes from having that tongue interpreted into a known language so that the believers can understand what God is trying to say to them. It could be that the person who brings the tongue actually interprets that tongue as well, or it could be the person who brings the tongue has that tongue interpreted by someone else. The Bible leaves room for both instances. The interpretation of tongues is likened to prophecy in scriptures. So have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verses 4 to 5. I'm going to read this out of the English Standard Version. It says, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. When, when Paul is talking about the greatness of the gift, he's not, he's not categorizing these gifts saying this one is better than this one because it's more powerful. He's talking about greatness in the sense of what gift um, has the greater impact to the wider body? Which which gifts are going to actually cause more people to, to glorify God or less people to glorify God? That's why he's saying prophecy is wonderful because when prophecy is brought, it strengthens and encourages an entire group of people. That's why he's saying that unless a tongue is, is interpreted, it doesn't have that same effect. It's just for local or it's just for the individual believer. But when a tongue is brought and it's interpreted, now suddenly the wider meeting can actually benefit for him. And then he says it's actually on an equal level to prophecy because more people have been impacted by it. Paul says that we should desire the greater gifts. And he's, what he's saying is desire the gifts that edify more people at once. Prophecy is one such gift. Remember that the Corinthian church, uh, they were having meetings that were literally every man for himself. This was one of the problems in the Corinthian church. There were divisions, but it was also a, a kind of a competition to see who could be used more powerfully by God than the next person, but they were doing it in a selfish way. And so they were coming to their meetings, and they were all going off in tongues, and they were all speaking, but they were speaking in tongues for personal use and not for the, for the benefit of the body. And this is why Paul says, listen, 
when you speak in tongues, let two or three people speak and then let someone interpret. It's no good just all of you speaking in tongues and nobody interpreting. That's, that's not for the benefit of everyone else. If you want to do that, go and do that at home. You can speak in tongues at home 24 hours a day, seven days or six days a week. But when you come to meet together, let people interpret what's being said because then the whole body can benefit. That's, that's the goal of us meeting together. It's about unity and family and every part of the body benefiting the other parts. It's no good someone just coming to a church meeting and benefiting themselves. That's not the heart of Christianity. And this is what Paul says. So he says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, he says, uh, let me read from verse 9. He says, so it is, so with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that's not intelligible, how will anyone know what is being said? For you will be speaking into the air. Verse 23, if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? He's saying basically your meetings at the moment are achieving very little because you're all coming together, you're all speaking in tongues and the outsiders that are coming in are basically, they're not understanding what's being said and so they're going to just think you're a bunch of crazy people. Do that at home if that's the case. So what does Paul say? He says in verse 26 to 28, What then, brothers, when you come together, this is the key to understanding this portion of Scripture, when you come together, not when you're at home, not when you're praying on your prayer walk or whenever, when you meet together with other believers, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Let all things be done to build up everyone else. If you speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three. And each in turn, and let someone interpret. It's no good people speaking in tongues and no interpretation in a church context, in the context of when you come together. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. So in other words, Paul is he's not saying don't speak in tongues at church. He's saying when you bring a tongue, it must be interpreted. If tongues are coming and aren't being interpreted, then people should actually just keep it between themselves and God. You can speak in tongues, keep it under your breath, speak it in a way that it's not loud and kind of everyone else's hearing because if you're bringing it in a loud way it needs to be interpreted otherwise guys are going to come in and wonder what on earth is going on here so in other words uh, Paul is saying in a church context tongues needs to be interpreted I've covered personal use when you're praying personally to God you don't pray with your understanding there's no need for interpretation the reason is because the purpose of that tongue is to build you up spiritually. It's not to bring a word from God. But in a meeting, when a tongue comes, it needs to be interpreted so people can understand what is the word that God is bringing to us. It's likened to prophecy. It's just a little bit different. But let all things be done to build up the body of Christ. 
Whoops. Going to turn the page here. <laughs> Paul says he actually speaks in tongues more than anyone. So he's in no way trying to minimize or trying to squash the gift of tongues. He's saying, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. And he's saying, I do it so often, more than anybody. But in a church context, the gift of interpretation needs to be brought in as well. He, would, he says he'd rather speak five words that people understand than 10,000 words in an unknown language. That's the heart of love that Christians have for each other. We don't only think about ourselves, but we put others first. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12 and 13, he says, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret it. Paul says, you guys are eager. You guys are eager for the gift of the Spirit. Well done. That's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. He says, go for it. But you should strive to excel in building up the whole church. So when your meetings are happening, whatever you're doing, you should be doing it in a way that builds up the entire body, not just yourselves. And so Paul's attitude is, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind, with my understanding, in order to instruct others for their benefit than 10,000 words in a tongue. And that way, the whole church is built up, not just the individual speaking in tongues. Now, you might be wondering, well, why would God give a word to somebody in an unknown language and then require it to be interpreted into a known language? Why doesn't God just give a prophecy in a known language? Somebody comes and shares, shares a prophetic word in English or whatever it is. What's the point then of, of a word coming in tongues? Now, I... I have three things that I can suggest here. Three things that I think are relevant here. Maybe there is some other fourth reason or maybe there's some other reason. But let me just share three things that I can put forward as suggestions. Firstly, is that when God gives a, a word to somebody in an unknown language and the interpretation to another person, he's actually promoting the interdependence of the different parts of the body. So we're all a part of the body of Christ. And each of us are a different part, but we all need each other. And so when God gives a tongue to someone and an interpretation to another, he's promoting all the different parts of the body working together in unity. And God wants that in the church. Then secondly, speaking in tongues dethrones the human intellect. That's a good thing. <laughs> and it makes room for the sovereignty of God. It, it enables God to, to speak into a context without somebody's human intellect getting in the way, without receiving a word and then adding my own interpretations, adding my own angle, adding a couple of things that I think should be added. It dethrones all of that and it allows God just to speak. Into a, into a context. And then the third thing is just that sometimes people in a meeting 
are just not in a place and not ready to receive a prophetic word. And so when a tongue comes, what it can do is it suddenly gets the attention of the people in church. I'm sure you've heard uh, in some meetings where a tongue has been brought, suddenly everyone's like, whoa, what's going on here? It's not just some guy getting up saying, I've got a word from the Lord. When tongues comes, it gets the attention of the church. And sometimes God needs to do that in order to bring a word because the church is half asleep. And if the prophetic word comes, people are going to be, oh, ho-hum, you know, what was that about? What was that word that was shared? Oh, I don't even know. But when a tongue comes first, suddenly people are like, oh, okay. And the attitude then of the church should be everybody should be silent and everybody should be praying and saying, okay, God, I'm available now to receive the interpretation of this, of this tongue. And I want to just say, if you bring a tongue, you shouldn't immediately just click into the interpretation of that tongue. Because we need to wait on the Lord. And we need to go, have I actually got the interpretation of that tongue? Or give, give opportunity for the Holy Spirit to give someone else the interpretation of that tongue. And then we wait as a body. We go, okay, a tongue has been brought. Now we're going to wait for the interpretation. And we might have to wait a few minutes. And, and, but a tongue that's brought in a meeting needs to be interpreted interpreted. So the first uh, kind of tongue is for personal use. The second kind of tongue is for the, the benefit of the church. And the third kind of tongue, finally, is a sign to unbelievers. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 22, it says, So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. So the gift of tongues can also be a sign to unbelievers. When the disciples were filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the, uh, with the Holy Spirit. They were given the ability to speak in unknown languages. And what happened is that crowd of people, that crowd of Jews from all different nations, heard those tongues being spoken but the thing is they understood the languages they were hearing this group of galilean believers speaking and praising god in all the different languages that they spoke and and it was a sign to them because they were amazed they said how can these people who we can see are all from Galilee, how can they be speaking in these unknown languages and praising God? It was a sign to them. And then Peter got up, he preached a message, and it says they were cut to the heart, and they said, what must we do to be saved? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And it says about 3,000 of them were saved and baptized and added to the church. So, the sign was tongues that, that the unbelievers could understand. And so it's as a result of the, the gift of tongues, God got the attention of these unbelievers. Without if I, I imagine that if Peter had just been standing on the street corner preaching the gospel. Uh, probably maybe one or two would have been saved 
But to get 3,000 of them saved, they, they needed a sign. And that, that outpouring of the Spirit and them speaking in tongues was such a powerful sign that 3,000 of them were saved. So when Peter shared the gospel, their, their attention was pricked, their ears were open, their eyes were wide, they were listening uh, to what God was going to say. And uh, I've heard of numerous times when someone has spoken of a, a tongue in a church meeting, meeting and an unbeliever has recognized that language and that tongue was actually a sign to that unbeliever and they responded and they gave their life to the Lord. You see, the person giving the tongue didn't understand. These disciples in the upper room, they didn't understand what they were saying, but the unbeliever did understand. And when that's the case, that's when tongues is a sign to unbelievers. I heard of, I heard of one time when a, a tongue was brought in a meeting and an unbeliever was in this meeting and he went up to the pastor and he complained to the pastor and he says, why is that person over there uh, telling this whole congregation of all the wrong things I've ever done in my life in my native language? Uh, he had he'd come from uh, a small island where they spoke a particular dialect, and that was the language he grew up when, with as a child. And he said, this person just stood up and began to say publicly all the wrong things that I've done in my life. And the pastor took quite a while for him to explain, hey, listen, none of us know what that guy was saying. He's speaking in an unknown tongue. Only the unbeliever understood what was being said. And as a result of that, he got radically saved. And actually, he became a pastor after that. And so that's an example of how tongues can be a sign to unbelievers. So just to recap, tongues can be given for our personal use so that we can edify our spirits. A tongue can also be brought in a public meeting, which needs to be interpreted which is for the benefit of the church, or tongues can be a sign to unbelievers to get their attention so that the gospel can be brought so that they can be saved. So there's three different kinds of tongues that I can see in the Bible. But I, I want to end this meeting by saying, reminding us of that scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. I really hope that this message is not just an information session for you so that you can tick a box and say, okay, I understand what tongues is all about. The, the reason the Bible is being given is not just to give us understanding. God wants us to walk in all of these things. He wants us to, to walk in miracle working power where we see miracles. And the wonderful thing is, after we preached on, after I preached on miracles, we saw a miracle in our home group. After we preached on prophecy, we've heard of reports and groups of people giving prophecies. That's the point. God wants us to walk in all this stuff. And he wants us to walk in the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. We need to be open to it. We need to come before the Lord and say, God, I want to receive the gift of tongues. I'm going to pray to end this message off, and I really want to. I, I want you to be open to the Lord. I want you to 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 lift up your eyes to heaven, to come before the Lord Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I'm asking you now for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm asking you to give me the gift of tongues so that I can build up myself in my spirit.
Remember the Bible says that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible also says that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give what we've asked for. He won't give us a scorpion. He won't give us a stone. He's a good God and He gives good gifts. So wherever you are right now, I want you to still your hearts before the Lord. We're going to pray. We're going to bring ourselves before the Lord and we're going to ask God to pour out His Holy Spirit and pray that that gift of tongues is released. And what I want you to do is we're going to come before the Lord, ask Him, and then we're going to just receive. And the Bible says if you're thirsty, just drink. And you will feel the Holy Spirit just filling you up on the inside. And you might feel some kind of uh, an infilling that rises up into your throat. And when that happens, just let it come out of your mouth. The Bible says, out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. So when the Holy Spirit is poured in, one of the signs that overflows out of our mouths is we speak in another unknown language. And that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is in control of that one member of your body that is untamable. That's why tongues are such a wonderful thing. And just let it out. Let it bypass your understanding. Don't try and understand. Don't try and figure out what am I saying? Is this the gift or isn't this the gift? If you've asked for the Holy Spirit, you are going to get the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get some other spirit. You don't have to fear that. If we're coming before Jesus and asking Him, we are never going to receive a demonic spirit or something else that's going to be harmful for us. But we do need to take a step of faith and just speak out. Speak out in an unknown language. Let it overflow. The Holy Spirit's not going to take control of you and, and kind of grab your jaws and your tongue and make it move automatically. The disciples in the upper room, they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. So the Holy Spirit filled them, released the gift of tongues, but then they spoke. They had to actually speak it out. It's not just going to come out automatically. So let's let's bow our heads now. Let's come before the Lord. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord and let's say, Jesus, come and fill me now with your precious Holy Spirit. Let that gift of tongues be released in us. Let there be an overflow in our lives. Let's pray.